Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a series aimed at bringing the public up to speed with the challenges that local government employees are facing across the UK and hopefully bringing some positive stories and some success stories to the great work that is being done behind the scenes. I'm really excited this morning, uh, you might be able to tell by my, my voice, um, to have Kathy Palmer on. Kathy's got significant experience across the regeneration space. She started her career working for um, Vita Property Group and then did uh, over 13 years at Deloitte as an assistant director. But then she transitioned into the public sector and has been working for Bolton and now as head of regeneration delivery for Wirral Council for nearly three years and doing some absolutely incredible work. So thank you so much for coming on, Kathy. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Matt. Fantastic. Glad to well, be here. <laughs> um, so I think the first question that everyone at home would be really keen to understand is, well, if we start by giving a bit of context, what has been going on with regeneration in the Wirral recently? Um, OK, so where to start? Well, the Wirral um, has been sort of not really having much of a clear idea of where its development's going to go for a number of years. Um, government recognised this and um, laid out the challenge to the council uh, to produce something called um, a local plan. That plan articulates where all the sort of the housing growth and where the employment growth is going to go uh, over the next sort of 20 years. And as part of that process, um, I've been working with colleagues at Wirral Council uh, to make sure that we've got enough land in the Wirral to make sure that we can protect the green belt and that we only have to build on what we call brownfield sites, which are those sites that have previously been built on before. So as part of that process, um, we've produced something called the Birkenhead 2040 framework. And this is a really important document because it's there to guide the council, guide its team um, and guide any potential future investment into the town, uh, into a number of different neighbourhoods, which all have uh, a delivery plan attached to them so that everybody can understand where it's appropriate to put development and what type of development Birkenhead and the wider area needs to make sure that it can deliver on its ambitions for growth. It's it's amazing. I mean, if you could talk about the challenges that you've experienced, because, I mean, it's across the water with Liverpool, you obviously got the, the Baltic Triangle and they've been hugely successful with their regeneration. But it feels now that the Wirral has got so much momentum. I mean, I was looking at some of your posts recently um, around, uh, I did enjoy the pun, uh, paving the way um, for the, the town centre work and the active travel projects that you're doing. What's been the hardest thing about delivering the regeneration schemes? Um, well, there's lots of challenges, um, but one of the key things um, for, for me in my role um, is about making sure that we've got what we call viable development. Um, that means that you've got to create the conditions whereby um, government and the private sector are happy to invest money to bring about our regeneration objectives. So first of all, we need to make sure we're clear on what we want our regeneration objectives to be. And that is articulated, as I said, in the Birkenhead 2040 framework plan. Um, but also then we need to make sure 
that we can bring in um, the right money initially from government because when we start doing big projects on the scale that we're trying to do them on the Wirral um, we find that on the difficult sites that we've got that have previously had things like gas works on them they perhaps have been used for shipbuilding um, the infrastructure isn't quite right that these sites are too expensive for the private sector to just come in and invest on on their own. So they tend to need the public sector to come in and what we call de-risk them. Um, and that can involve sort of clearing up the sites and sorting out the infrastructure so that then you've got what we call a, develop, a viable development platform for the private sector to then come in. It's one of those things as well, you think talking about regeneration, I saw it, I've seen it at, at a couple of councils, but do you find it difficult whereby say a regeneration scheme is going to take longer than the political party who runs the council are going to be in for in terms of them wanting to see stuff happening quicker than sometimes you can physically deliver it so that the public can understand and at election time can understand you know what the work's been going on i mean the question there is how do you engage politicians in the regeneration process yeah. so that it actually it works and you bring them on the journey yeah, it's really difficult, actually. So when we call it 2040 framework plan, it's because it really will take that long to sort of start to see most of it be completed. You can find that teams can be working on projects behind the scenes um, for sort of, you know, two to three to four to five years sometimes before anyone now will actually see a spade in the ground. And for politicians, that's really difficult for them to be able to communicate that to their sort of constituents that things are really starting to move so that's one of um, a really important part of the job is to make sure that when we're doing the planning for schemes that we're involving everybody in that process so they feel invested in the journey uh, and so and also that when we build something uh, and when we sort of create these new communities they're going to mesh well with the existing community so we do lots of things uh, in that regard so in terms of keeping members up to date we have uh, various different committees where key decisions are made we also do regular updates with members so that they can be kept abreast of all of the things that are going on uh, in the borough uh, and we also make sure that we've got um, a sort of a, what we call a, a consultation shop we've got something called uh, Burke and Ed's place which is um, a, uh, a shop unit for that uh, was I think it was the spec savers that we've repurposed uh, and we've got all the plans um, for uh, Birkenhead and the wider area the Wallasey area West Kirby all up on the walls and um, so that we can make sure that people uh, have got access and can come in to talk around what they want for the town and through that process we can start to sort of help them understand that things do take a while to happen we're thinking about also at the same time what things that we can do on sites to make sure that we're giving the right sort of signals to people that things are starting to happen. Um, so, for instance, we've got a site that the council's recently bought on a really exciting project called Dock Branch, which will be in a new park for Birkenhead. Um, we've had to buy in a site and whilst we're waiting for that project to get the planning permission and get the funding in place, we're looking to hand that that site over to the local community uh, to allow them to do what they want with it really we're just saying that it has to kind of 
that you know it's we've got some funding that means that we need a wildflower meadow so we'll pass it over to them and they can start to perhaps you know do allotments do some growing and things like that and really sort of give a signal to everybody that this is going to be something that we really want the community to be involved in we really want sort of civic stewardship we want people to look after the area uh, and in doing that sort of meanwhile use, it really sort of keeps people interested in the project whilst we're going through all the sort of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job. I mean, one of my questions is obviously you, you were so successful in the private sector. What made you personally make the transition from Deloitte to Bolton initially? And then, you know, what was the what, why did you join local government? It's a really good question. I think for me, I, I was really interested in um, working in one place and sort of, you know, focusing in uh, on a location, and sort of seeing things through from um, sort of we'll never get start to finish, perhaps. But, um, you know, having a real impact in one place, I think the public sector and the reason why I work in the public sector is I feel that for the amount of effort that I put in I get I think there is the maximum sort of um, impact for uh, for the work um, that I do for the public good um, I think it's a really good place to be able to sort of affect and influence change um, and to sort of see places change when I first um, thought about taking the job um, in the Wirral uh, I went round Birkenhead on my bike and I just I was struck by how much potential there was you know when you look across to Liverpool and you sort of you're only three or four minutes on a train under the River Mersey and you're in a completely different place but Birkenhead um, had lots of sites that you know had the potential to be so much more but it also had that uh, those sort of seeds of community groups who were really sort of interested in making that change happen and had something really interesting to contribute uh, when I first started um, at the Wirral, there was a process that the government were running called the Towns Fund. Uh, and it was a fantastic way to sort of start my work in, uh, in the Wirral because we got to um, sort of seek and we, we sort of um, sought invitations for projects and I got to see the real scale of the creativity uh, and the and the potential. And you'd have something, you know, from one end of the spectrum where you've got Peel doing these fantastic things down at Wirral Waters and you know they're a long-standing company who's got you know a big good track record of making things happen like at Media City in Salford, uh, Trafford Centre and those sorts of things but then at the other end of the spectrum you've got these fantastic uh, sort of community interest companies and charities who are doing you know really creative things with mental health, uh, really exciting things with sort of as an independent music venue, creating makers space, doing sort of art venue and all these really fantastic things. I could just see the potential um, that there was. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because when you're working in local government, as you said there, the actual societal impact that you have from, I mean, the work that you're doing now, um, Cathy, will be a legacy that will have, whatever you do in the future, whether you stay in the public sector, whether you go to the private sector, it is a legacy. And it's it's just so important because regeneration, I feel, is just at the heart of ensuring the the survival of the community to make sure that it's future-proofing the, the space. Um, for, for you know for, for for years to come I mean, one question I've got and I don't want to put you on the spot with this but you know the a, a few people I say a few people most people I speak to around how the funding of the leveling up has kind of been going through it's been quite a um, for those listening at home it's quite a, it's quite a time intensive process isn't it you know going and and, and applying for this money um, you think it could have been made simpler 
Um, actually, no, I don't think so. So we were, there's, I say we were quite lucky, but, you know, we pulled together a team and responded um, quite quickly to the initial uh, invitation. Uh, we did it in the first round um, and it came just at the right time for us because we were faced with an issue um, around the ferry landing stage, which um, nobody had any money to that looks, by the way, That looks incredible, by the way. Yeah, Can you give us yeah. a little bit of background as to what that is just for everyone okay, at home? So, it's amazing. So uh, down in Woodside in Birkenhead, there's the ferry across the Mersey, which for everybody is, you know, such an important asset. Um, but um, as a transport project, that that it doesn't make sense to invest because it, it, it actually is a sort of a visitor economy. So it's there really for, for tourists to use because you could get the train. If you were going to Liverpool, you'd just get the train. It would be quicker. Um, so that made it just quite difficult for for the council and the combined authority to fund so we were looking for a new fund at the same time as a community interest company came along and this is another one of the really interesting sort of local stakeholders that we've got which is big heritage they came and approached the combined authority and said look you've got this u-boat down at uh, down at woodside that you know is having a trickle of visitors um and we could do so much more with it if we had some money so suddenly we had another a reason for people you know a, a, a the, the bones of a project to increase the number of people wanting to visit Woodside and we had um, a funding stream um, that was available to us so we put together um, a, a bid to access sort of 20 million pounds which was based around creating a, a bit more of a visitor destination down at Woodside um, to bring people across from Liverpool where there's you know there's you know thousands and thousands of tourists every year but not necessarily a reason to come across to Birkenhead so we were quite lucky that the funding came along at the right time as we had the projects in the right position. So we, within the space of, I think it was, it was only sort of six weeks, we'd put together a bid and we were, you know, pleasantly surprised to um, be sort of chosen in the first round. I think um, the second round was more in, was more competitive uh, and the council did put forward um, a bid for um, another area. Um, it's the names just escaped me. Um, at the moment but um and unfortunately that wasn't successful so so you can't win them all unfortunately um no but it, and, it, it, it yeah i mean what i would say is i think it's amazing about what you guys are doing in the wirral is you're retaining the history and the mm. personality slash culture of the area whilst also bringing forward those really interesting partnership investment opportunities for the private sector for charities yeah it's just wonderful <clears throat> i mean completely lost I had, a, I had a really good question then Kathy <laughs> but you so you feel like the leveling up has, has worked as has, it's actually been a good process for the Wirral it, ha it has and so um that that Woodside project is is going to be um really really good because what we're also doing is make sure that that investment um fits in with the other investment like the towns fund process that I mentioned and the combined authorities um funding streams for active travel so i worked it out the other day when once all these are sort of investments um that we're sort of working on at the moment are, are actually built you'll be able to catch a ferry across um from liverpool come off at the new ferry landing ferry landing stage down at woodside you'll be able to catch the heritage tram up to the new park that we're creating called the dock branch park you'll be able to walk down dock branch rail line 
and turn up and you'll be at Future Yard, an independent music venue, and you, you know, they go there for your night out. That what a fantastic journey to kind of come to um Birkenhead for. Um really, really excited about that. And that's just one of a number of different sort of improvements. Um we've got a big effort on the town centre at the moment as well. Um so the council recently um took the bold move to um buy the shopping centre. Um it was it was up for sale. Um and the the if we didn't make a move in buying that shopping centre, it was going to go as part of what we call a portfolio sale, which would mean you'd have somebody from the Middle East owning Birkenhead Town Centre and uh, practically just running it down into the ground, which we just, you know, couldn't happen because that would be uh, that would put the whole of the regeneration programme at risk. So um, it was, a you know, sort of quite a lot of intensive work to kind of get that deal across the line but we did it back in um back in i think it was may uh, and now we've we've got a master plan for the town centre um that we'll be sharing with the public quite soon uh, and we'll start to uh, identify uh, other parcels uh, the parcels of land that can come forward to start to reshape the town centre because like with a lot of town centres birkenhead's got the wrong size retail so there's too much too many vacant shop units it doesn't need that many but it does have some of the key elements like a primark um and bits that you know are, are quite valuable and what we really want to do is just really increase the you know the the enjoyment experience of coming and visiting Birkenhead because at the moment it's just not what it used to be and I think a lot of people have stopped coming and we want to change that so it's around putting lots of other different types of uses uh, back into the town centre and improving um, the sort of you know the streetscape and uh, improving the lighting security and things like that and just make it a nicer place to be. The town centre piece for me is probably one of the hardest challenges that I think people like your your peer group has to deal with, Kathy, because with the, the rise of Amazon and, you know, the shopping habits have changed. People are looking more for an experience rather than necessarily just purely shopping out outright. What is the hardest bit about town centre regeneration, would you say? Um it can be really difficult trying to organise things like car parking, connectivity, all those sort of the gnarly things that you don't think around, like how, you know, what's the electricity requirement of our new development and how are we going to pay for that substation? Things like that, that you just, um, you know, you don't think of what well, most people wouldn't think of are, are issues, but that sort of thing, making sure that everything happens in a kind of in a connected and cohesive manner when you've got something that is already operating at the moment and you've got to kind of work around it and make sure that whilst you're building things, you still got a place that people, are, you know, you don't sort of kill the existing retail um, off by making it a, a complete building site as well. So kind of coordination really of lots of different moving parts and lots of what we call work streams really now i i'm honestly i'm, I'm booking my tickets to the world now because it sounds <laughs> amazing i mean what what my last question to you is how do people at home the general public how do they help their areas with regeneration i mean if we look at your for example the wirral how do people in the wirral help you at the council with regeneration is it by putting forward partnership ideas is it is it, you know, what can they do to help? 
Yeah, um, there's a number of ways. So firstly, we do really value people's contributions to consultation. Um, we can appreciate sometimes it may feel we do we do do a lot of consultation. It can be a bit of an overload, but it's really good when people uh, do want to get involved and share their opinions, whether that's online or some of the events that we run down at Burke and Ed's place. Um, we also are really interested and always excited to hear from community groups and volunteer uh, charities um, and volunteer groups who do want to get involved in um, projects and where we feel that there's sort of alignment between what we're achieving and what they're achieving we can often work together um, and when funding does become available uh, we can make sure that those community groups are in the right space to be able to access um, that funding um, for for this you know the, the greater good and the regeneration of these places. I must say, I mean, for everyone listening at home, Kathy's very, very modest. But what you were doing at the Wirral is incredibly, incredibly complex and incredibly impressive. And um, it's been lovely to get an insight. I'm going to I really hope that we can come get you back on to talk about the town centre once you, those plans have been made uh, public to talk a bit more about, you know, doing an episode on town centre, because I think it's it's just it's brilliant. But um Kathy, it's been absolutely wonderful to, to have you on today. Um, thank you so much for making, taking the time to speak to us. I know how busy you are. No worries, no worries. For you listening at home, please do like and share the podcast, five star reviews. It may seem um, like a small effort, but it really does make a huge, huge difference. This is a, a free podcast uh, aimed at generally giving a really, really important um, focus on the positive work the local government are doing across the UK. So thank you for listening. But from us here, it's bye for now.